You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 109. What chemicals can I spray on mold? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we are talking about a question that so many people ask. Yeah, it's probably the most common thing I talk about. Our listeners know this. We talk about it all the time. We're going to keep talking about it because I have to keep telling everybody the same thing. And that's what can I spray on mold? Exactly. So that be, that opens up the question because I see all of these commercials. I'm not going to name any names where people are insinuating in these commercials that you just buy this chemical, you spray it on the mold, the mold's gone forever. Right. It, they're, they're very strategic, though, of how they word it, though. Like on Facebook, I don't get on any, I'm not on the other sites, so I don't know, or whatever, uh, Social media platforms. Social media, yeah. See, our listeners know I'm so technologically not inclined. It's not funny. But anyways, on Facebook, I get the same company that it just, because it's listening to me, I'm sure, and it keeps bringing it up. But they word it as a um, mold stain remover. But they market it as a mold remover. But they are very careful on how they word it. So what's the difference between saying something as a mold stain remover and saying something's a mold remover? Well, to me, if, if I'm reading it from my viewpoint and it's a stain remover, it's just a stain remover. So who cares about the stain? That's kind of how I view it. The stain remover, obviously, is different chemicals. The ones that say mold removers typically have uh, like a hydrogen peroxide in there that's supposed to eat the mold away which is not really how it happens. I mean, it can it can change the chemical makeup, and, and the this is the scientist part of it that I don't really care to get too deep into because I'm not you know, 
it's not my forte. But it, it obviously can destroy the the actual mold itself, so it can't reproduce or do anything. But it's still, in my opinion, there's still issues going on there. So difference between a stain remover and a and the mold remover, they're I I think they're trying to sell it for the same purpose. They think that you can just spray that on the mold and it takes care of it. And a lot of people think that. How often do we hear we can just spray it with bleach? Well, exactly. So why do people think that they can just spray and get rid of mold? Because they see people advertising <laughs> like that. But common sense would tell you that when you understand that mold is the gift that keeps giving, that you could visibly see mold, but then there could be trails of mold behind that wall or under that floor. That that I don't think most people think of it that way. Oh, okay. I really think, and I, you know, I, t- t- I think for us that are, you know, pretty well versed in the field of mold we would say it's common sense but i think people just it's ignorance they just don't know any better they just think well i've always heard you can spray it and here's a picture of it here's a before and after and there was mold and now there's not mold on this bottle that i'm gonna buy so they just think that it's gonna work it i don't think they even think far enough into it to even get to the could it be behind the walls because i deal with people it's quite often, and I, I when I ask my clients this question, I, I always preface a lot of my questions with, I know this sounds dumb. I say that just because people just don't think about it, but I have to ask them all the time, so did you fix the, the, the bad roof or the hole in your foundation or the hole in your siding, or did you fix the defect that caused it? Well, no. no. Well, what caused it, you know? I mean, they asked me the question. I'm like, I don't know. I'm here because you have a mold issue. Exactly. So I guess my point is, is I just don't think a whole lot of people think through it. They just, it's a quick, easy thing. It's cheap. They could just spray it with something. So they don't really think about it. So at the end of the day, are there, are, is there anything you could spray on mold that would have a decent effect? Not from my, not from my point of view. Okay. You have to remove those mold spores. Okay. And do we use chemicals in mitigation? Of course we do. We use chemicals for different reasons, different chemicals for for different equipment. We, you know, we use different chemicals in our foggers versus the stuff we just spray right on the mold. Now, what what, what we spray right on the mold is one part of the process. And I want our listeners to understand that. We don't just go in there and spray the mold and go, okay, we're good to go. That's just part of the process. And you've seen it. You know, we HEPA vac it, then we spray the chemicals, then we then we sand it down, or if it gets blasted, however it's done, like, that's just one little part of the process. Just like fogging. We'll talk a little bit more about fogging later, but people just, I, I, hear, uh, I hear clients all the time, well, if I just fog, you know, with a fungicide every couple of weeks, is that okay? Well, no, you're just, like, you're suppressing the mold spores for that moment in time, but you're not getting rid of anything. Now, what is a fungicide? It's just the type of chemical that you use that, that gets rid of fungus. Oh, and so people will go to Home Depot or Lowe's or somewhere. Or and search they'll, it, yeah. They'll buy a fungicide or buy it off Amazon, and then they will just spray it on visible mold? Oh, uh, no, typically. So, so when I hear people, most of the time, when we're talking about fogging, uh, a lot of people, and once again, this is why the internet is a great tool and it's a terrible tool. You know, I, we've talked about the, 
well, I watched this YouTube video and, yeah, you know, some weekend warrior recorded how, how to get rid of mold and that's what I did. They Google it and, and then they see that part of the mitigation process for us professionals is a fogger or fogging. So they go to Amazon and they buy a small fogger that they can buy for $80. Then they buy a fungicide or a biocide and they put it in there and they think that's what's going to fix the problem in their home. Like, and, and so what I mean by fogging, so a fogger is like a mister. Okay. Um, you know, when you go to Vegas in the middle of the summer, it's really hot. They have those water misters. Yeah. It's similar to that. You can choose, obviously, how fine the mist is when we're doing it. But we do use a fogger in mold mitigation. But that's, once again, part of our process. You're inside a containment. You're using a fogger while you're sanding, while you're doing certain steps. I'm not going to tell our listeners all the steps we take because every company's different, but... A fogger is something we use, but that's not what we, that's not the only thing we use. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So most people that I've talked to, like they, they would come into just like say this office, if they thought there was a, or let's just say this home and they thought that there was a mold concern, they'd walk around with this fogging machine and this fungicide and think it's okay. You know, we're going to leave for a couple hours and we'll come back and the mold's all going to be gone. And it doesn't work that way. Exactly. And it goes back to what you were just saying. The mold's behind the walls. I mean, the, the mold, even when you say behind the walls, we're talking about mold infestations that shouldn't be going on. Correct. So it's just, like I said, I want our listeners to understand that is part of our process. But when you have a mold problem per se, meaning an infestation, you have to get rid of that. Right. And that fogger and that... Bios, I don't care if it's a biocide, conchromium, fungicide. There's all there's all sorts of things that, that you you know people think will work. It doesn't matter. That's not going to get rid of the mold infestation, if that makes sense. Well, here's the other question, though. I do think there are a lot of DIY warriors out there who say, "I've watched YouTube videos from mold remediation companies who walk me through their exact process." I found out the exact chemicals that they use from beginning to end. So what's going to be different between me following those videos, buying those exact things and following their process and doing it myself than a mold expert doing it? How would you answer that? Like I said earlier, I, I don't give anybody all of the steps we take for Lots of reasons. First and foremost, I don't want our listeners to think, and I'm not saying you cannot clean up a mold problem on your own. Per EPA standards, as long as it's smaller than nine square feet, you can. Even at that, I never recommend it. So my take is, is I always recommend bringing in a professional, but I understand it's not going to happen every time. So I don't give out all the steps for that main reason. I don't think there's many companies that do. Depending on the state you live in, you can't even buy the chemicals that the professionals buy uh-huh. because it's not made for personal, you know, household use is, is how they, you know, they would look at it. So only the, the mold companies can access that. There are things that, that all of us mold mitigation companies do differently. It's like if you think about the mop up process, so the restoration companies, it's a fairly standard process that they use. Which makes sense. You're, you know, dehumidifiers, you're vacuuming up the water, you can use air dryers that are in wall cavities. There's all sorts of steps that they all take the same steps. When it comes to mitigation, 
we all do it differently. And we do it based on the results that we see. Like one of the one of the pieces of equipment that we use and a lot of people in our profession say, yeah, that's good. And a lot say, yeah, it's not, is an ozone machine. We use ozone machines because I think that they are very beneficial. We don't use them when people are inside the property. We do it at nighttime when our, our crews are not in there and being exposed to it. Like we do that for our reasons. There's other steps we take that we use for our reasons. Some companies, they say, well, why would you HEPA vac it if you're going to sand it? I mean, there's just steps that we take that, that are catered to how we like it done. That makes sense. It's no different than when, when you create a, a course, you probably do it different than a lot of other people. Absolutely. Way different, I'm sure, than I do it. Yes. <laughs> very, very true. Here's the other piece that I think is very interesting when people ask, you know, what chemicals can I spray on mold? It's not just about the getting rid of the mold you see. Can you speak to how, you know, there are some really large cleanup slash mold remediation companies that their only job is to come on site and clean up the mold without investigating why they have a mold problem, where it came from, what was the source cause, and actually handle the source cause. How does your CSI investigation approach work differently from that perspective? Any of our listeners that that have done consultations or we've done inspections here in Wyoming, they know my approach is way different. So what you were referring to, and it, it's interesting because we call them our competitors. They're only our competitors on the mitigation side. Correct. Though Those big companies, I don't know of any of them that do a weekly podcast, that write books, that do phone consultations, that do all the stuff we do. So, yeah, they are our competitors only in one little niche of our company. And... When they come in, and I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm talking down or saying they're bad companies. I'm not saying that at all. But they're they're usually coming in. I call them ambulance chasers because that's really what they are. Because they kind of sit on standby in some parking lot exactly. and then they wait. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it it literally like you could have. So we're watching the news last night, and there's a, there's a, a a place in Utah that had like four or five houses on fire in a subdivision. Well, those companies are literally are there right, right, right after the fire trucks get there exactly. to do fire restoration and all that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing for for those homeowners; they love that. But my point is, is they're working for the insurance company. The insurance company's writing them a check to do what they're doing. A lot of the stuff we're doing, we will not come in until there has been a mold problem. So I take away that conflict of interest and. On top of that, then it, it's a lot different what we're dealing with. A lot of our stuff is covered by insurance, but there's a lot that isn't. So for those companies, and I'm not accusing them of this, but they're going in to, to fix what happened after the moisture intrusion event happened. If that happens two weeks from now, the insurance company is going to pay them again, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, what we do, I don't think that's ethical. And it's a conflict of interest. Exactly. And so we don't, we won't do that. But we, as far as, you know, we're, we're not going to go in and do the, the mop up and then do the mitigation. We also don't want to go back because of our reputation. I want a good reputation. I want our, 
our customers or clients to know when we come do a mitigation job, we don't want to come back. And it's nothing personal against the homeowners, but we don't want to see them again. Exactly. It's kind of like your cancer doctor. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see you again. Exactly. So we want to figure out what caused it and then fix that. And that's... When I say fix it, we don't fix it. Our, you know, our clients can have a contractor fix it. Absolutely. So there's a different level of deep dive and investigation of root cause issues that happens let's say with CNC, then with some of the major right. players in the field who really are focusing on the mop-up, the cleanup, and then the mitigation of what's there in the moment without looking at causes. Right. And, that, you know, I'm sure if one of their reps was listening, they'd be like, no, we do the same thing. And if they feel that they do, then that's on them. But we we just try to remove that whole conflict of interest. Absolutely. And so when we talk about, I think lots of people want to get rid of mold fast. They see it. If they see it visually in their home, it freaks them out. They want to find some chemical to spray on it. And you talked about why that's only one piece of your process. But as a, a professional, when do you actually choose to spray chemicals on mold? Like, how do you decide that that's part, a part of the, the process? We always right? use chemicals. Okay. We do on every every mold job. Okay. And it, you know, what chemicals we use de- depends on what step we are in the process. But we always use chemicals but it's part it's part of the process we never use chemicals to get rid of the mold okay okay it's to suppress it or it's to it's you know it's a preventative measure it's not to get rid of the mold i see so it's so so then people who are out buying this the chemicals to get rid of the mold they're not even using it properly no and what 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 we have and every time we talk about this i explain it and it you know, some of our listeners will go, yeah, we're here. we've heard this, but for those that haven't, so let's just say you go to uh, Home Depot or wherever and you buy that chemical. It's concrobium, whatever it is. It, it could be bleach. Mm-hmm. What, if you look at the back of that chemical on, on the back of the container, nine times out of ten, it's going to be 90% water. Most of the time, it's going to be 95% water. Wow. So there's only 5% of whatever chemical. That's active. Yep. Okay. And so when so think about when you spray that. So you're spraying it on that sheetrock, or that would be the worst thing to spray it on. But let's just say you're spraying it on a 2 by 4 When you spray that chemical on there, that 5% of whatever chemical's in that evaporates quickly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it can be a whole number of things. That 90% of the, the water, so you know, 10% of it's evaporated almost within a minute. Where do you think that water's going? It's going to create more mold. Yeah, problems. you're just feeding the mold. <laughs> yeah. And, no. and at the end of the day, let's just say it's that two by four, and you see that there there was mold on there, so you decided you were going to uh, just spray it. Mm-hmm. Or let's say you va- HEPA vacuumed it. Well, when you spray that chemical on there, that mold's not just on the surface. It's rooting deeper into that two by four. That makes sense. So all you're doing is feeding it to and for it to get deeper and you're deeper. You're creating more problems exactly. in the long run. So, okay. So that makes sense. At the end of the day, so you said it's part of the process. I want to ask a question I know a lot of people think about because, you know, there are all these people out there who, and I agree, we have pesticides. We have so many chemicals in our world that we didn't have that are causing all kinds of havoc. But you do have the hypersensitive people out there who buy all organic food, who don't buy regular toilet paper, they buy seventh generation. And their question to you might be, oh, you use chemicals. Do you have any 
paraben-free, organic? Like, is there a gentler chemical that you can use? What if those chemicals have side effects on us? What, what do you say to those those people? Well, I would start out with if it if 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 you want me to go green with my chemicals, we you know we use what what the rest of us use in the industry, and for the most part, there's not really green chemicals. Um, we try to use the chemicals that are not harmful. Obviously, our our crews are being exposed to it too. So, you know, I would say to to our client, yeah, we're 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 trying to do the best we can to make sure that this isn't harmful. But on the other part of that question, our our clients are not being exposed to it because they're not there. Ah, uh, okay. We so- have a containment set up. We have air scrubbers. You you know how that works with me in the contract. They got to sign their life away if they want to stay inside the property. Correct. So we we leaving. literally almost won't even do mitigations. So then, what? By the time they do come back to the home, all of those chemicals, whatever had been used, has dissipated. Yeah, right? those so, aren't. They're okay. not going to. And and once again, it's inside of a containment. Okay. So think of it. You know, for our listeners, think about the issue being in your main hallway bathroom. We're going to put a containment up. and We actually do more than one. And like I said, I'm not, not that our, our competitors listen to us, not that it's a secret how we do things, but we put several containments up. You're not, anything outside of that containment, you're not going to be exposed to. Okay. And the whole purpose of any, we want everything inside that containment to be exposed to whatever we're using. And by the time they do come back, yes, there's, you know, we, when we do uh, uh, mitigation, we do post-mitigation air testing. We're going to do a podcast, I think, about that here soon. But by the time the homeowners or the occupants are back into the property, this is including their dogs, plants. You know, we, have, we make people move their plants out. By the time they come back, we're usually four or five days after. We're done with mitigation. We're done spraying chemicals. Because okay. we do... You know, I'm not going to go into all our processes, but our chemicals are kind of used on the front end of the job versus at the end. There's By the time you get back in the house, we probably haven't sprayed anything, including kills, which is not harmful the next day. Next day, That's been done for probably at least four or five days. Okay. So they're not being exposed to it. Okay. But that's how we operate. But And I know... I know of companies that don't operate that way. We'll get into that more in other episodes, but yeah, as far as harsh chemicals, we try to use, you know, what's what's best for the environment, best for us, but you can't always we're we're dealing with something that if you try to go green, that's, you know, mold is naturally present. Exactly. So No, no, that makes it's sense. It's kind of a tough one to I mean, you got to fight fire with fire. That's true. Okay. So that makes sense. So for people who are, are spraying chemicals on mold themselves, would you recommend that if they're going to go that way, which is not recommended, but if they're going to do it, shouldn't they be wearing PPE? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, they need to, you know, what we wear, and like I said, we'll go into this in other episodes, but we have full monkey suits is what I call them. So it's full Tyvek suits. We wear full face respirators, gloves. The monkey suits cover our our, uh, our shoes. I mean, we're we're fully decked out. So for our listeners, make sure you have a respirator N95. Everybody's heard about that with COVID, but make sure that you you 
you use the proper PPE, but what's really important is you're not mixing chemicals together either. Okay. That's where, you know, you don't want to be the mad scientist. Yeah, and, and end up with a house in flames Yeah, you have chemical burns. There's all sorts of stuff. So make sure you're being smart about it. But I don't recommend... The only time I recommend chemicals to spray on anything is mildew, like something like, like your tile in your shower. Okay. Or your countertops that are not porous. That makes sense. So then what's your call to action for people? If you're going to use chemicals, make sure you know what you're doing. Okay. And make sure you're using it on the proper surfaces. It's, once again, to me, it's common sense, but I deal with it every day. Absolutely. And and if you have even an inkling that you don't know what you're doing, this is another arena where having a mold consultation with you is super helpful. Yes. Because it's not just that you have consulted people who are about to hire a company to get mold mitigation done. It's that you'll talk to people who are considering what they can do in their own homes right. and you'll help explain things on a deeper level and help them come up with a game plan right. for doing so. Yep. And I've dealt with I've dealt with a lot of clients that spent a lot of money on separate, even testing companies or mitigation that, that if they would have, if we would have been involved right from the get go, it would have saved them a lot of money absolutely, and, and heartache and doctor's bills and everything. And all of that. All right. There you have it. And you can find out about the mold consultations at cnccontractorservices.com. You'll find out more about that there. Yep. All and right. then we, uh, we send you a questionnaire, and there's a whole process. Our listeners that have done it know what, what it is, but you'll it'll be well worth your money. Absolutely. So we will catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.